to go from my eyes used to look like the bottom of a toilet and now they glisten like the sea or something. <laughs> Earlier in the week, I spoke to CK Golding. Find out what made him laugh so hard and what that comment is all about by listening to episode six of Magic Talks. Here it comes. Welcome to Magic Talks, hosted by Magic Man London. Magic Talks, Magic Man London. How's your week been? Today's Wednesday, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking. It's been... It's been remarkably uneventful. Oh, that's not like you. Um, I don't necessarily agree, especially during the last. Um, no, I don't agree with that necessarily. I think, <laughs> especially, especially in the last what three months, I think that's characterised everybody's day. Yeah. So what's quite interesting is like, I've written all these questions down for you, and I went like one of the. It's not a question. It's something I wrote down. It's like you tell it like it is. <laughs> Okay. Uh, do you think more people should? I think more people should do whatever they do, whatever they want. Yeah. That said, that said, I am aware that some people, let's say, temper, stroke, censor what they say. Which, again, if that's what they want to do, that's what I want to do. But. I don't know. I, th- I, th- I think, I, I don't know. I, th- I think what I'm saying, I, I think about two years ago, Dave, I looked, I looked around me and fellow creators, whether it's artists, singer songwriters, whatever. Yeah. Um, I looked around me and I just, I, w- I just noticed like a deafening sameness. Like everybody uses the same words. Everybody says the same thing. Everybody's like remarkably innocuous, harmless. Yeah. And it was just, it was just, it was just a, a bizarre realization. Yeah, I agree with that. It's like you look at some people, and it's just like you're just copying everyone else. Just, I, I'm with you. I say it like it is, but I have a slight safety filter before that comes out, just to like double check it. When you when you when you say you're just copying everybody else, do you mean in terms of their content output or their personality as a human being? And what they say and write. Hang on, I thought I thought I was always be asking the questions. Um, it's like when I started to do a podcast, I listened to loads of others, including yours. And the thing I like about yours, and people have mentioned it about mine, is it's like we're sitting down having a chat. It's not scripted. It's not. We're not forcing our views on people. This is this is what we think. You can agree with it. You can disagree with it. But this is what I think. And not enough people do that. Why? What? What is the opposite to that? What? What are other people doing in your opinion? If you look, what in terms of like podcasts? Correct. They're scripting them, and I think it sounds awful. It's kind of all oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So a while ago, I was tempted to record all the magic stories that I'm going to tell on my podcast, and I thought mm-hmm. if I record one a week. I know I can put my full emphasis on that story rather than sitting down recording 15 stories and going, I can just add those whenever I want. I think you lose that almost interaction with it. 
mm. it becomes a necessity rather than something you actually enjoy doing. That's interesting. That's interesting. Well, I think I think I think we're on similar lines, but I've got to stress in terms of when it, when you ask me, um, you say as it is, do you pick more people should? I, it's interesting. I'm talking more about. I, I don't know. There's there just seems to be this divide between the how people speak, the words they use, what they say, how they tweet. But then if you met them in real life, it's considerably less measured. Yeah. Um, and a classic example of that, and people are going to think this is just weirdly granular, and it probably is. But if you'll notice, whenever someone's, <laughs> whenever something cool has happened in someone's life, and I'm glad that cool thing has happened, they'll always announce it by "I'm I'm delighted to announce." Yes, you just you just wouldn't say that in real life. No. Every time I hear someone, every time someone says "I'm delighted to announce," I just want to vomit all over <laughs> their face. I genuinely hate it with all my heart, and it's just. And again, it is. This is going super granular, and most people are going to listen to that, saying like, "What's what's the big deal? Get over yourself." And there's probably some truth in that. But again, it's just not everyday speak. You just don't meet up with your mates and say, "I've got a delightful announcement to make." <laughs> maybe maybe we should. Maybe that's the way people should introduce themselves. <laughs> <laughs> like the second we start networking again, it's like, "Hello, I'm David, Magic Man London." <laughs> Here's my website. <laughs> I love the I love I love, I love uh, how regal that is. <laughs> oh, David, Magic Man London. But I guess I guess what I'm saying is you said um, everyone's just putting out the same stuff. But I guess what I'm saying is everybody's just saying the same thing. It's almost like there's an avatar or a persona that makes people more. This is what people see. Yeah, there's a, there's a persona that makes you more palatable to the wider public. And to be fair, there is. Remember, remember the episode of my podcast when I said that my inability to play the game probably isn't doing me any favours. You remember that episode? Yes, I do. Like I'm acutely aware of that. Like I'm not naive, and I'm not saying that sometimes being a more palatable version of yourself might not get you further. But what I'm saying is, I just struggle to live with myself under that un, under that umbrella. Under that, um, yes, yeah. correct. I just struggle with it, and I'd get bored of it. And and I've tried it in the past, and it always just defaults to the normal me now the thing is the normal me isn't a bell end sorry i don't know what kind of podcast this is but <laughs> thanks the, the normal the normal me isn't an idiot but what i'm saying is like i'm happy to throwing an f-bomb is that if that's the first word that came into my mouth at the time yeah rather than rather than filtering myself that, i think you're online the way you act online should be the way you act when you're out and about people shouldn't see a difference um i would i would lean towards that argument but but by the same token i don't um, I have no interest in sitting here and being prescriptive and saying everybody should do this, everybody oh, should no. do that. Like I said, originally, people should do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. But if you're asking me, if you're asking me, why do I do it? And I'd like to think that I've been very succinct for the last six minutes. <laughs> right. So we'll, we'll come back to that. Uh, so right. I've been looking at your website and everything like that. And this is how you kind of tell people what you do. I'm a creator. I'm a writer. I'm a filmmaker and a presenter. Ultimately, I'm committed to making you feel things. So the question is, what sort of emotions are you looking to get out of people with your content? Great question. Emotions. Mm. All, well, if you actually could be bothered, Dave, to look a little bit further up in that. So, <laughs> I right, I'm, I'm going to correct you on that because I've let it sit twice. It, it's either David or Magic Man, not Dave. Dave's a TV channel that repeats itself. I forgot we prefer, we prefer Regal here, don't we? We do. Yeah, sorry, Magic Man's fine. 
David, Magic Man, the thing is, <laughs> um, the section you just got that from, the fir- oh, if you if you actually read the first paragraph of that, that'll answer your own question. Yeah. I can't remember what I wrote, but I know that it answered it. Right, for those of the people that haven't yet read it, how how would you summarise it? I thought you were going to do it then. No, mate, listen, in terms of emotions, I'm satisfied with I'm satisfied with people running the gamut from happiness to joy to to tears to horror to discomfort to unease. Yeah. I mean, I just I just tweeted I just tweeted a YouTube comment that I got last night. No, this morning. I tweeted a YouTube comment I got this morning from someone that watched so waiting, waiting with a killer, which again, which wasn't one of your favorite releases from me. No, no, we'll um, come on to your films later. I've got, I've got questions about those. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, well, yeah. But, I mean, so, 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 so to summarize, I'm happy for people to run the gamut in terms of emotion, from happiness, joy, to to you know everything I just mentioned. Cool. Now, as we're currently coming out of lockdown and people don't have as much money as they used to. Do you want to tell people how you survived in London for six months on a hundred pounds? Because I think it's a fascinating story. I've been thinking about that a lot recently because for a number of reasons, but primarily we're approaching the fifth anniversary since I finished that. I that challenge finished January second, two thousand and fifteen. So we're almost five. Wow! Years since we finished, and that. I'm not sure I'll ever do anything that was as trying and, and, and remarkable and enriching and um, for me. So in 2015, I was feeling very claustrophobic because I've grown up in Sheffield all my life. And I wanted to go out on a big adventure. It actually began by me being fascinated by founders of like the, like the big four. So if you consider Apple, Facebook, Amazon and Google. Yeah. At least two of those, if not three, at least two of those have like a remarkable founder story. So Zuckerberg, for example, his founder story was he was the college geek dicking about in his dorm. He created this app where he could rate the attractiveness of his fellow students, right? Yes. And then, and then you've got Bezos of Amazon who... You know, he just started off with he just started off selling re- a lot of stuff in just like a one little room warehouse, or it might be no, bedroom. It was, it was I mean, his bedroom are, at home. He had it, and the rest yeah. of it was in the garage downstairs. Correct. I mean, these are the stories we're fed, but let's just assume they're accurate, at least close to accurate. But I've always, you know, because you know, you know, like what I do day to day is PR. So I've always been fascinated by stories and how people kind of develop their own little story. Mm. And I just always love like these ridiculous, bonkers stories. And I just thought there's no reason that anybody can't have their own remarkable story. And um, uh, so couple that with the fact I was a little bit bored at the time. <laughs> and I was, uh, I was a photographer. So I was doing a lot of shoots for singer songwriters. And I thought, well, I don't know. What if I went to London with just a camera and just did a load of free shoots? I mean, sorry, the, the first the, the first idea was was rubbish, but then I refined it to what it became. And I decided I'm going to go down to London with 100 quid, a bag of clothes and a camera, and I'm going to seek 100 emerging singer-songwriters and I will photograph them. But the hook was they paid me whatever they wanted for the shoot. Yeah. So... I had to survive in London with my opening seed money of a hundred quid and 
the voluntary contributions of everybody I photographed and I was living off those voluntary contributions. So that was paying for everything, including my accommodation, my transport, my food, my water, everything. And that, you know, when, when I kind of developed that idea after a few weeks of refining it, because like I said, the first idea was garbage. I wasn't even going to charge people at first. So I don't really know how I thought that was going to work. But <laughs> Let's go to London with 100 quid, live on it for six months, and I won't charge people. You wouldn't last yeah, a day. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that's how all my ideas manifest. Very rarely does an idea come to be fully formed. 61 hugs did, to be fair, but that was uh, that that was very rare. Yeah. Mostly an idea will come to me in a very raw form and I've got to chisel away and polish and refine it. So when I decided, well, actually, that's not going to last very long. About, what about if I give people the option to pay me whatever they want? That made more sense. And it had an element of jeopardy in it, which I like in a concept because, you know, it makes it more interesting. So, um, I thought, well, who doesn't want a free photo shoot? You know, I'll be done in a couple of weeks. So I thought I'll just go and have a bit of fun in London for two weeks. But I didn't anticipate we moved for six months. Oh, so um, your initial plan was just like a two weeks then? Well, my initial plan was I had to get from zero musicians to 100. But I just thought, well, I'll just double up and do loads of shoots in one day. Everybody wants a shoot where they can technically pay three pence for it. Yeah. Um, so I didn't think I'd struggle to find takers. But what I'm saying is it took me forever to take find takers because I didn't know anybody in London. So I just had to just randomly tweet people and just search singers in London and just try and get a bit of press momentum. So, you know, try and <laughs> try and cheat the system. There's this crazy guy from Sheffield in London. Does anybody want to feed you? Yeah, because um, it sounds, it took- if someone came up to you and went, look, I'm offering free photos, you go... You broke up then, mate. You go what? Especially in London, if someone came up and said, look, I'm offering to take free photos for you, you'd go, there's an ulterior motive here. It's going to cost me something at some point. It depends. It depends. I mean, the beauty of the challenge is that I did it, you know, I, I did it when everybody was very comfortable with social media. Everybody was com- comfortable with Twitter. So even if you just saw a news report about some nutter from the north in London doing this thing, all you had to do was Google my name and realise, well, he's, he's legit because he does photos. That's yeah. what he does. So I probably took that element out of it. Without social media, it would have been a bit, who's this guy? <laughs> but I'm, 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 well, I say I'm assuming I know. Like Most people that email me saying this challenge is awesome, I'd love a photo shoot, most of them, did say that I've looked into you and I just love everything you do. It's great. And so I guess what I'm saying is it took out that cynicism because we can now, everybody Googles everybody. I mean, apparently people Google their dates nowadays. Really? Yeah. Apparently, I mean, I wouldn't know because I don't do online dating or any of that bollocks, no. but people, people apparently Google their, the person they're going to go out on a date with. Is that news to you? Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So you're almost doing like a background check on somebody before you're making exactly. an assumption up about them based on what's on social media, which isn't always a represent like actual representative of what they're like. Correct. I mean, I can't remember the last time. I'm trying to think. I've been, you see, lockdown has given me an opportunity to do a lot of reflecting. Yeah. And um, I think it's time for CK to get back in the dating game. I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm begrudging people of me by not. <laughs> if anyone out there is looking for a creator, a writer, a filmmaker or a presenter. And an all-round glorious human. Yes. I think... Give him a buzz. I think, I think, I think what I'm saying is... It's be, I think what I'm saying is I can't 
I don't know that I've ever Googled anyone, but that's probably because I can't remember the last time I, I, I had the pleasure of a date. I'm, it's, it's odd. So I think, so I, I don't know if, like, for argument's sake, if I had one on Friday, would I Google her? Mm, not convinced. Now, are they Googling or are they Facebooking? Well, do you draw a distinction between either? Yeah. Why? Because Google will be kind of, I don't know, I'd, I'd go to Facebook. But I remember you did a challenge ages ago because we were talking about online dating. And I was like, it's not for me. I'd rather go out and actually meet people. And it was after you did that little documentary saying, you said to somebody, I'll never do online dating. And they went, you can't knock it until you've tried it. Oh, were you talking about that video on YouTube and I actually went on a date and, yeah. and, and, and vlogged my experience? Which yeah. I, I still can't decide whether I was a horrible human being for vlogging. Anyway, carry on. And it's just like, I think online dating is great for people who find it hard to talk to other people. Like when you're out and about, like talking to people, it's a big thing if you're not used to it. I'll talk to anyone. I think so will you. I think it's got its place, but it. I'd rather meet somebody. That's a really interesting. That that's a really interesting observation you've made there. But and I don't necessarily. I don't. I don't know if it's necessarily that people are inept at talking to people. I think it's more a case of online dating is just. It's just commensurate with how we do everything nowadays. Like it's on your phone, it's digital, it's online, it's an app. So even even if you take online dating out of that, right? Everything like how much of our time is spent on our phone nowadays, engaging on our phone, talking on our phone. So online dating is probably just a natural extension of that, rather than necessarily a means of circumventing the fact you're socially crap. It's still there. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just processing that comment um, yeah so so i guess what i'm saying is and this is me playing devil's advocate you'll remember i mentioned recently that i'm trying to look for things from other people's perspective a lot more and, you know in the old in the old days i just write them off but i suppose i suppose online dating is just it's just compatible with how we function as humans nowadays everything's online everything's on our phone as i said um but my issue with it is just purely i don't I have a really depressingly low attention span and I don't like the the bullshit back and forth having to, you know, you know, that relationship building. The yeah, I think it should day. be two or three messages over a few days and then you either give them a buzz. Sorry, I just just as you were saying that, I just had an amazing idea for, for a new product. I think you, you, you were like 80% there. Two or three messages max exchanging, then your phone blows up. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've not if you've not arranged the date after three exchanges, tough. Not only have you lost out on that date, you need to go and buy a new phone, mate, because it's blow. That's exquisite. There we go. Now, what would we call it? There you go. For everyone listening, send me a message. What that app should be called? Dating with I've a bang. A, there you go. I've got, well. Dating with a bang. I was actually going to say blow before the blow. As uh, that's gross. It I'll is. Leave, I'll, I'll leave people to figure that one out. But um, I, yeah. So have you or have you not tried online dating via an app, then, David? Did it once. 
got to have talking we to somebody. Stuff? Not sure. I don't. I didn't really publicise it. So I got talking <laughs> to this girl. She, she looked nice. Yeah. Which which app? You know, I like detail. David, isn't it? This keeps this keeps breaking up. Oh. Which app was it? It was Bumble of all things. Okay, so you went so so you so you went for a less seedy, more yeah. pleasant one. I mean Tinder's just kind of uh having breakfast, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> so you went for Bumble. Yeah. Got talking how, to somebody. How, how much back and forth? Uh I think it was about a week or something. Mm-hmm. Um so my phone would have blown up by that point. Um oh, and it's like, right, let's catch up in London, we'll go and grab a meal. It's like I know, good place. So we went up. And she didn't look exactly like her photo. She was a bit shorter than she said she was. Uh-huh. Tell us something we don't know. Fa- yeah. Facially, facially, was it the same? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a bloke. Okay. Uh, and I said, uh, I know a great steak place. And she went, oh, I'm a veggie. And it's like, okay. I was happy up until that point. It's like, fine. She has her ways. I went, I think they do other food. And she went, no, I think if I'm a veggie... Either. Hang on, hang on. Sorry, you just broke up at the most critical moment. <laughs> she, said, she said she's a veggie. You said, oh, and then did you uh, say... I went, okay, a- that's fine. And she went, if I'm eating a vegetarian meal, I think you should too. Oh, okay. To which my reply was, have a good day. <laughs> God for that, I'll, uh, correct. I'd yeah, like, I'm not wasting my time. The, I'd have been straight onto the Jubilee line. Yeah, it was like, I'm out of here. So, so you, so you actually did just switch, pivot on your heels and leave. Yeah, I went. Nice oh, to meet cool. you. Take care. I'm there. I'm pre- what? Because you were so horrified by the fact she was trying to imp- impose herself on you. Yeah, I don't mind vegetarians, but it's like that's your view. If I want to have oh. a steak and chip, I'm having a steak and chip. I don't know that I've ever been more proud of you than now. <laughs> because what troubles me is that. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I don't know that I would have left because I'd have found her goal and audacity so remarkable. I'd have just been fascinated and I just probably stayed around to take the piss. But most, I mean, at, at worst, I can suspect some guys have been, oh yeah, okay then. Where's the, yeah. where's the water, where's the watercress? <laughs> yeah, or it's kind of these, what are they called? Like corn burgers. It's like, no, no, no. You either have a beef burger or you don't have a burger at all. Sorry. But here's my question for you, and I'm going to go in, and I want you to answer this honestly, David. Okay. Did you, because you had nothing to lose by virtue of the fact that you weren't attracted to her anyway? She was fairly attractive. She hadn't said that. Mate, the girl that serves, the, the girl that works at Sainsbury's down the road from me is mildly attractive, but that's not what a man desires. You didn't find her hot. Right, dude, dude, cuts out all the most critical moments. Right, how's that? Was that better? I found that. I found the problem. Are you doing something every time? Are you doing something every time it cuts out? Uh, I'm changing the angle of the phone ever so slightly, but now I know where I am. It's fine. Oh, gosh, that. Right, so back to. <laughs> Back to my original question. Did you you, you did you find her hot? You didn't, right? 
she looked hot on the pictures. When you met her, the hotness wasn't as good. It's like, uh, I can probably do better. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so my point, thus is did that make the decision to leave easier? I don't think it was even a factor. I think the fact that she went, if I'm a veggie, you should be too. Nothing. She could have been a supermodel at that point and I would have walked away. If that's true, then again, I am, I've never been prouder of you, but I'm not sure that it is true. Purely as one human in possession of a penis to another human in possession of a penis. I don't know that men are that strong will. <laughs> I'd like and to I, think I, they and, were. And, and, I'm, and I'm trying to be as candid as, as I can, and I'm trying to be as mindful of our faults as, as, as men as I can be. Yeah. And I know, as I mentioned again in a recent episode, that we're often guided by our appendage. And I don't know. If you're saying to me, I don't care if she was a supermodel sat in front of me, I'd have been out of there. Fair enough. I'll have to give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But so I, I like my it... food too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> That's what it comes down to. So did you at least linger long enough to see the response on her face when you said I'm out of it? Uh, I don't think so. No. I just think it was that moment of, right, I'm off and just, and just left and even look back. I've got to admit, I mean, I think I'm, I'm I'm missing the main issue here, which I am unquestionably disgusted by her attitude. Yeah. Genuinely, without question, disgusted by her attitude. Yeah. And I just think it's, I, I, I just I just find it abhorrent. How, how old was she? Same age. Uh, when was this? A few years ago. So she, yeah, I think she was a year younger than me. So it would have been like 33 or something. Okay, that's interesting. Well, that's really... So I, I was—I think I was about thirty-four. She was thirty-three. So that's... old enough to know better. Anyway, that's beautiful. I think, yeah, that's the most beautifully eloquent way you could have put it. At thirty-three, you should definitely be old enough to know that your way isn't the way. Yeah, if you're listening, can't even remember her name. Anyway, uh, so moving back to you because this is you're what listening. this podcast is about. You today. Uh, two years ago, comedy was two years ago already, you did the Vader Challenge video every day in April. I did. You did. Uh, now, the question is, did you plan in advance what you'd film each day, or did you just wake up that morning going, right, I'm going to talk about this today? Before I answer that question, can I ask you one? <laughs> <laughs> Why on God's name are you bringing up Vader? That is so random. Because I think it's an interesting principle. So like I was half tempted to do it, and it's just like, oh, no, I couldn't. I could probably do like a podcast a day or something, but I couldn't do a video a day. Like, film it, edit it, release it, and be happy with it. Fair enough. No, I mean, I've got no issue with you asking me. It's just really left field. That that's that's really. I I I enjoyed that. I I, I loved it, enjoyed it, and found it a huge challenge in equal measure. And to answer your question, what do you ask me? Did I plan every episode? Yeah. So did you kind of sit down in like the month before going, this is what I want to talk about? Are you insane. The month before. The oh, month. Kind of... Yeah. Mate, each day I barely knew what I was going to do. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The month, mate. Yeah. I thought, no, I I thought did I you thought have a list of topics? 
that you wanted Ooh. to discuss. Ooh. That is the that is the most madness that's ever dropped out of your mouth. If anything pops into my head, it's like, yeah, why not? I can't even. That just blows my mind. The idea of like that that's just a level of unnecessary planning that I can't even envisage. And I think actually you've touched on a really interesting point there, especially from an artist point of view. I do think you have a tendency to do this. I think maybe it's something you're doing less, but I've noticed you generally sometimes do. You're like meticulous and wanting to make sure everything's planned out before you go ahead. And that used to be me actually, but. I started to find it very limiting and a little bit restrictive. And it's like, actually, sometimes if you just have an idea and you just run with it immediately, there's a lot to be gained. Um, certainly, that's how the bench came about, but we're not talking about the bench. Um, uh, we're coming on to the bench in a bit. Okay. But back to your original question. Video every day in April, mate? No, absolutely not. At best, at best, when I was in the throes of doing that, um, you know, sometimes, say, for example, I released an episode on a Monday, I'd start thinking, okay, what am I going to do tomorrow? Maybe. But mostly, okay. but mostly on the day, because if you remember, I had remember I had my little relationship with the voiceover guy as well. So we had a bit of banter going back and forth. Do you remember Mark voiceover? I do. Guy? Yeah. So I, for example, would have to send Mark a script, if you like. Um, so I'd have to write what he's going to say. Then we'd have that little interaction between us. I love, I love Mark's interact in, involvement in that. But anyway, to answer your question, no, mate. Mostly it was just on the day, and I was struggling with what to talk about or what to do, and just did it. Okay. Much cool. Like I, I enjoyed it. Well, thank you, mate. And so did I. And remarkably, so did a lot of other humans as well. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't. I mean, some people have asked me, would I do it again? And I can't really envisage it, to be honest, unless. The only circumstance under which I would do something like Vader again is if I had like a human doing the editing. So I'd just sit down, do the what I had to do every day, and then someone else would put the actual episode together. Yeah, because that right. was like literally thirty days of just a, a colossus undertaking. Yeah, and some days you just didn't know what to do, and I thought that was really nice. You um, just went. I think there was one or two days where you kind of went. You just talked about something. Going, I don't really know what to talk about. And I, I, I enjoyed those ones. You, This is really taking me back now, mate, because this was 2018. Or was it 2017? 2018? It was, was years it? ago. I can't remember what year. I think it was yeah. 2018. But now, now I remember it. I do remember you were you were like a huge cheerleader. Like you always, you always showed up with comments and you were super supportive. And um, I'm always grateful to people who... Oh, sorry. I was, gonna, I was just going to go off on a massive tangent. But I'm right, I'm going to stop you on that tangent then. Uh, yeah. So I remember you've got like a <laughs> PR company and who you give talks to. Yeah, told you I'm doing the subject. Once you start going off, this is suddenly a two-hour podcast. I love, <laughs> I love, I love the fact you reined me in. Well done. Someone has like, no, no one's getting away from me. Um, <laughs> so you were giving a talk to a group of people a while ago and you asked them to write something in their notebook. And then you did the cardinal sin of asking them to rip that page out the notebook. Mm. And you called me and went, is this a thing? And I went, yes, massively. You don't rip pages out. The question okay. is, do you feel any differently towards notebooks now? Absolutely Would you... not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I, I, I am now more mindful of the fact that it is a thing. And they are yeah. a group of people out there who, who consider their notebook sacrilege. I get that. I didn't know that before. I get it. 
I don't know that I think differently of it. Again, I think each their own. I, now, now I'm sensitive to it. I won't be shocked the next time. <laughs> next time someone takes exceptions and you ask them to page out. Right, I'm never giving you a notebook. <laughs> I can't remember if because you 100% understood that guy's horror, didn't you? Who, yeah. Who it's like, if it's an A4 pad of paper, fine, rip the page out. But a notebook is like no. What's the difference? <gasps> oh my god. It's like, oh, it's like writing it on a post-it note or having like a really nice journal you write in. Post-it note, you can throw in the bin. Right. Whereas when you write in kind of a diary or a booklet or a journal that's a notebook even that looks nice, just ripping a page out is kind of, it's almost like creating a horcrux like Harry Potter. It, it should rip away a bit of your soul every time you rip a page out of a notebook. But here's the thing, right, Dave, because I'm, David, I yeah. wonder, the thing is, I know that you're into journaling. And for yes. me, journaling and a journal and a notebook are two separate and very distinct things. So I can understand why you wouldn't want to rip out a page out of your journal, for example. Yeah. But if you just got like some shitty book that you just write stuff in when you need to write stuff in, I'd, like, would you even, like, do you have that? Like, just a book that's just for stuff? I've got an A4 pad of paper that I write little things on, but which I can rip out. But right, okay. But that's what I'm saying, though. That's what I. That's what. That's exactly what. So you will rip pages out of that book that's just for nonsense. No, not a book. It's an A4 kind of. You know those big pads of A4. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'll rip a page out of that. No problem. But a nice notebook. No, I won't rip a page out of that. But what if someone was in my PA? What if someone was in my PR talk? with an A4 refill pad. Is it okay to rip stuff out of that? Yeah. But that's all. That's what I thought. So I, I didn't, at the time, draw a distinction between an A4 refill pad and a notebook. I just saw a dude writing shit. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that was, that's your big mistake. Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fine. You, if you can live with yourself, then, then do it. Yeah. So, yeah. moving on, before we get on to like, your films and everything... Someone asked me this a while ago, and I had an answer for it. Who's been the biggest influence on your life? Oh. What a question. Mm. So my answer was my dad, because my dad got me into magic when I was like six years old. All right, I didn't know He's the one that introduced it to me. Uh Uh-huh. And I think if he hadn't shown me magic, I probably wouldn't have done it like as a living. I That's think it's because it's like a family member showing you something. Yeah. The interesting thing about that answer, David, is that magic, like magic isn't your life. Magic is a love of yours within your life. So, yeah. so, so your dad had an influence over that pocket of your life, but if you started talking about <clears throat> your morals, your values, et cetera, et cetera, it might even be the same person. But what I'm saying is there's different pockets of your life. So, you know, in terms of my morals and values, that is that that is influenced by one person. In terms of my love of creativity, that's influenced by another person. Mm. Um, and, that, and I'm sorry to dissect a question which seemingly on the surface is very simple. <laughs> I'm just but, it, but it's not a simple question. Well, I don't. It's think not designed it as a simple question. 
I don't think it's a simple question either, which is why an answer hasn't been forthcoming. <laughs> yeah, Avrina, do you want to come back to that one? Happily. Happily, right, we'll come back to that one. Um, now, where was it? You were in, there was a quote I found, I can't remember where I found it. And it's create chance because chance creates. You put it on something the other day. What was the Are last you... thing you took a chance on and created something that you're happy with? What's that quote? Because I do not remember saying that. Right, I will try and find it and I'll put it on my social media. <laughs> not, I mean, it's not vital where it is, but just remind me what the quote was. Create chance because chance creates. I'm convinced I've never said that. It sounds way too profound for me. It could have been on your Instagram. I went all the way back to like the beginning of your Instagram. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, well, you didn't say that at the start. Cause I've had Instagram since about, God knows, what, 2000. Anyway, not important. So the last thing I did that was a big chance, and what was it? What was the question? Create chance because chance creates. What was the last thing you took a chance on and created something you're happy with? Um... I don't know. In, uh, the last, the most recent thing of note would have to be probably the podcast, I guess. And yeah. it's really interesting that because what I've noticed and uh, I don't know, because my, my, my podcast kind of flies in the face of popular convention. As in, if you read most rules of having a podcast, many of them will say, have a co-host. Don't just be you whittling on every week. Um, have a theme, have a theme that people buy into and talk about that one thing every week. So I, 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 I'm not deliberately, but I've just almost fallen in the face of every convention. But recently, just it's just the nature of the beast, isn't it? If you do enough of the same thing, people discover it. But like this week has been odd because uh, 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 just a lot of people have discovered it this week, and they kind of say exactly what you said to me when you discovered it. Like I listened to one episode and I just binged six in a day. Yeah. Um, so I've had that this weekend and it's just been really nice because, you know, everything takes time to grow momentum. It's still like obscenely small. Like if you threw a stone, if you threw a rock into the street, if you heard of CK Golding's podcast, it's like, what is a CK Golding? <laughs> I, I get that. What is a CK Golding? I get that, but I'm not bothered about mass numbers. Just one new person saying nice things is great. So I guess yeah. that, I guess that's the most recent thing. So the best feedback I've had from somebody who works in events about mine is we've got all these amazing stories, but people yeah. in events never really tell them. Okay. And it's like, why? We've got amazing stories. As a magician, I've got even more. Uh -huh. So she likes just the honesty of it. Rather than kind you. of, yeah. And it's like, cool. That's what I need. Like one person going, love it. And a few people are going, it's, you can sit down, listen to it. And it feels natural. It doesn't well, like that, you're, it's not like you're trying to promote something. Well, that's nice because I know that, I mean, you know, the only the only barometer I use when I'm filtering comments, uh, or should I say going through them, is are the things that they're pinpointing the things that I really appreciate when I'm listening to my favourite podcasts. So you, for example, I know that you hate podcasts that sound scripted. So when someone's saying to you that they really like the fact it sounds conversational, that must really mean a lot to you. Yeah. Oh, I, lo um, I love it. It's just like I was buzzing the whole day. The second she correct. told me, it's like, thanks. Correct. Yeah, Agreed. it means you're doing it right. Mm. Or at least yeah. you're doing it right by your own by your own measurement. 
because there yes. is no right. There is no right, is there? There is no right. There is no wrong. But as long as you've got your own measurements and people are enjoying what metrics you you're assigning to your podcast, then that's all you can really ask for. Yeah, I mean, uh, that... it's like when your mate. <laughs> it's still my favourite story. It's like when you when when you try to introduce when your mates to mine, and he's like, "Yeah, it's not for me." <laughs> yeah, yeah so listen to one or two. He's like, "Yeah, it's not for me." <laughs> but I like that, and I think more people can learn from that. It's like. You can't make content that everyone's going to be happy with. Correct. Hence it's it's impossible. No one can do it. Correct. And nor should you wish to, by the way. No. Hence, hence why I'm happy. Hence why I'm happy as I did three hours ago to tweet a comment I got on YouTube from someone that didn't like my doc. It's like it's just really liberating once you actually get yourself into the mindset that not only will everybody, not only will everybody not like your stuff, but that shouldn't be your aim. No, I mean, why, why should it be your own? Because like I've said to you a million times, mate, do you know how many people's work I don't like? So why should I expect everybody to like mine? <laughs> yeah, it, it, doesn't... it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense at all. And I'm definitely not the guy that reads a comment. that I'm, I'm definitely not the guy that reads uh, unfavorable comment on one of my stuff and think, well, you're a dickhead. Who's this Bella? And it's like, well, why are they a dickhead? They're like, they're in, they don't have to like your shit. Um, no. As long as you like it, that's all that matters. And, well, yes and no. I would also like some people to like it. (laughs) (laughs) True. Yeah, I wouldn't like, you've got two listeners. Yeah, I listened to it twice. Um, I am not against people liking my stuff, because in any way, shape or form, I'm not against it. Um, Mm. Equally, I'm not against people not liking it, which is why I just, you know, it, don't get me wrong. I'm not a robot. I'm, you know, when you said your mate went, yeah, it's not for me, there was that minus thing, but it's like, fair dues. How many podcasts don't I like? Um, and I just think in the interest of just maintaining sanity and equilibrium as far as your mental health is concerned, it's always, once you get yourself into that state whereby not everybody has to like me, I just think it just makes for, it makes for a more coasty life. I don't think coasty is an adjective, but it just... <laughs> <laughs> It's Somebody said be. about your podcast a while ago, every week CK says something that makes me laugh. Yes. Right, that's the one for today. What do you mean that's the one for today? The word you just said. What was it? Coasty. Yeah. That's not a word, is it? Coasty isn't a word, but I, I'd like it to be. Like, you can coast along in a very, you know, easy manner. Coasty would... But I don't see the... What, what do you mean the that comment is coasty? Well, no, somebody the other day wrote, every time CK does a podcast, there's a word or a sentence in there, like Coasty, that makes no sense, but it's funny. Ooh, right, I get your point now. I get your point, yes. Perhaps. So the question is, when's the CK dictionary coming out? <laughs> Nobody needs that. But I do, enjoy, I, do, I, do, I do enjoy your word. I do enjoy your word, actually. Cool. Um, so, hmm. I'm going to rein you back in. We've got one more question, and then we'll talk about your short films. So I found something out about you. I did a Google search. I love this. I love where this is going already. Yeah. So it turns out that you've got something, I'm putting in and pronounce this entirely wrong, called albinism. Mm. Um, but you don't really talk about it. Mm. The same way that I got like dyspraxia. So like when I was younger, I was diagnosed with dyspraxia, which is like hand-to-eye coordination. So in theory, I shouldn't be able to do magic. And I've right. toyed with the idea of going, do I tell people about it? If I do, what's the benefit of doing it? Um, and I've come to the conclusion that it's kind of, I might tell the odd person, obviously I'm putting it on a podcast now, everyone who listens will know. 
But I don't think it will add anything. Someone said you can use it for like press and everything. It's like I don't want to build my reputation being that person who's overcome this. I want to get to where I am because I'm good at what I do. I'm waiting for the question. Oh, so was I, sorry, so was I. Um, so the question is, first of all, do you want to tell people what it is? And secondly, why you don't think telling people is important? Because there's going to be people out there who have got it who might think, is that only me? Yeah, so albinism is a pigment deficiency that gives me, like, white skin, if you like, and shit eyesight. There's different degrees on it. So I technically should have like really pink eyes, which is a common trait with people with albinism, but I don't have it. Um, I, okay. I have like shitty gray eyes that look like the bottom of the toilet. Although weirdly, <laughs> weirdly they've gone, I, I, I think I tweeted about this some time ago. I've, I've, I've skipped through life without, I've skipped through life with shitty gray eyes that look like the bottom of the toilet. Then suddenly in the last two years, I've just turned into these beautiful blue emeralds. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all wow. right with it. Um, it's just, I didn't, so I mean, you should tell people that. Pardon? You should tell people that. Tell people what? That I've got beautiful blue emeralds. <laughs> Why not? Well, It'll put a smile on someone's face. It's quite funny to go from my eyes used to look like the bottom of a toilet and now they glisten like the sea or something. <laughs> I think I've just found the soundbite for this week's episode. Oh, I'm pushing like the sea. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is, I'm gonna. I, I, I'm tempted to. I'm tempted to download Bumble just to use that as my opening gambit. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm TK from Sheffield. My eyes. I used to up. have eyes like toilet, the bottom of a toilet, and now they sparkle like the sea. Glisten, mate. Glisten is glisten is infinitely superior to sparkle. Glisten, it is. See, um. No, that was just that. That was just an. That was a. That was just an aside. The eyes thing. I don't know if it warrants a blog post. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> so, that is what it is. Yeah. So you know, technically, um, yeah. That that's that's what it is. And you know, please Google it. In terms of answering your first question, yeah. I don't. I, the only thing I've never in my entire life known someone articulate why I don't talk about it as as eloquently as you did when you were talking about your dyspraxia. That's one of the reasons there was a massive pause after you had your little ramble because, like, yeah, that is that is verbatim how I feel about it. So, if anybody wants to know why I don't talk about it, just go and listen back to what David said about why he doesn't. That was literally verbatim. Like what? And in fact, in fact, if anyone's bored, if they want to type CK Golding Metro interview, I said exactly that. I don't know if you ever read that interview, Dave, when the Metro, when I when I did it, I wrote a piece for the Metro. And I think I did. Is that the one that's on your website? Well, all my press is on my website, so yeah. So yes, um, I did. I did an inter- I, I spoke to the Metro about two years ago, and I I, I because they have this feature. Called, it's really they have this feature called labels and every week people who are labeled for a certain thing whether it's i'm gay i'm a, i'm i'm um i'm ginger 
I'm overweight, I'm obese, whatever. Like everyone that's labeled the thing just shared their story. So my label was albinism. And that's the first time I've ever spoken about it. But what's really interesting about what you just said, and I've mentioned this before, I'm not, I, I don't care. Like I, I, the only reason I did that piece is because at the time I had a short film come out and that's just some, that was just me dipping my toe in playing the game. I'm like, well, I'll just, because I know the journalist that works in the Metro. She had no interest in talking about my film. I said, well, what if I contribute to this thing? So I did. And, but what I'm saying is everything you said as to why you don't talk about it relates to me. But uh, moreover, it's just not something that I think about on a daily basis. So why would I? But honestly, mate, listen, if I could, I'd applaud what you just said because that's exactly how I feel about it. And I can only stress if you want to go into the weeds of what I'm talking about now, just read that Metro article because I said it's really interesting. Like when I'm on, when I, if I'm interviewed on TV, for argument's sake, I, I'm really, you know, I'm passionate about psychology, right? So when I'm interviewed on TV, I always find it really interesting that someone will tune in. They've never done on the no CK Golding is, but they'll tune in. They'll see me looking my very unique self, but there'll be no reference to the album is because I'll be talking about something else. But that's quite rare because whenever someone's got a, a very visible difference, that's usually what they're there to talk about, right? Yeah. But I have no interest. Yeah. I have no interest in being that guy. Now I have sympathy with people who say, "Well, other people with albinism, because not everybody's as confident or as gregarious or as outgoing as you see, Ken. They're absolutely with albinism, and I absolutely agree. Not everybody is. But there's an argument for saying so. If they heard you talking about how you overcome it and how you deal with it, that'd be inspiring to them. I agree with that argument. I have a sympathy argument. But there's another there's another argument that nobody's talking about. What if? that same kid who's getting bullied sees another guy who just frankly doesn't give a shit and he's getting on with his life. Is there not something about that that's quite inspiring as well? And yeah. that's an argument that very people, very few people ever consider. And I considered it very early. So I thought, well, do you know what? I would rather CK Golding's name, forgive me for using my name, for using myself in the third person. Horrific. But I would happily just be featured or spoken to or, or chat about other stuff, you know? Um, and and let that be the and, and and let that be the let that be the lead in any given interview. Does does that make sense, David? It does so that Metro article you said you were releasing a short movie from it. Mate, you keep buffing about with your mic again. Oh, the Metro article that you wrote about the short film you had coming out was that the Be Different Say Yes. We bought a stranger lunch. No, it was no. Then the Metro interview was on the back of Sixty One Hugs. Oh, okay. So, we'll come on to 61 Hugs, but before we do, you did, we'll glimpse over this one, you did a video called Be Different, Say Yes, where you stood outside a restaurant in London and said to somebody, can I buy you lunch? Mm. Um, we're not going to go into it, but if people want to find it, they can find it on your YouTube channel. Um, I think everyone should watch it. Because I, th- I think it's a great video. Why? Like more, more people should say yes more often, not go, what does he want out of it? If somebody said, can I buy you lunch? As long as they didn't look dodgy or whatever, I'd go, yeah, right? You're out in public. What's the worst that can happen? That speaks to your character as a whole, though, David. And, you know, as we've, sp- yeah. as we've spoke more and got to know each other and stuff, that is that, that, that speaks to your character you are you are fundamentally a people's person and you are an optimist and you are you are 
I, I suppose you, yeah, you are an optimist. Is probably the best word I'd use. Um, so, we, we, if I mean, I don't know. I, I'm curious. Like, if I'd have asked, so, are you saying had I asked you in the exact same way, if all the conditions were the same, and I was approaching you in the same way I approach everybody else, like, would you have been one of the? Would you have been highly likely to say yes? Like we said earlier, I love my food. If someone's offering to buy me a free meal, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for anyone that's cute, don't know what we're talking about, but yeah, that is it. So I'm from Sheffield, I'm from the north, and I went to London and I just stood in, like, I think it was Soho, and I just stood outside this restaurant and I was just curious to see what would happen if I just invited strangers and I said, I'm CK, I'd like to buy you lunch. So that's it. It's like a short 25 minute short. I think it's like, yeah, if you're on the train or whatever, or during lockdown, go and watch it. It, it makes you feel better about yourself. Um, now, here, here's a segue and a half. For example, if somebody came up to me and didn't look dodgy or whatever and went, fancy a hug, I probably would. Um, and because, ah, oh, that segue was going so well, and then I fuffed that up. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, oh, that would have been beautiful. Might have edit this one down. No, I'm not. I don't edit these things down. So you did a film called 61 Hugs, where you went up, and you had to find 61 strangers to give a hug. Um, do you want to explain a tiny bit more about it? Yeah, that was, again, if you remember earlier on, Dave, I was saying that very seldom do ideas come to me fully formed. 61, hmm. 61 hugs was one of those emeralds that just dropped out of the sky. I'll never, I forgive the segue, but it does, it, it is relevant. You know, okay. you know Oasis, the band? Yes. I've never been into their music. Like, I was about 14 or 15 when they first came out, and I've never been into their music. But I remember being 14 and 15, loving watching Liam Gallagher and Noel Gallagher interviews. I just find them really interesting, funny, insightful. And I'll never forget when, it, 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 mo most recently, Noel Gallagher was saying, like, his biggest hits, some, you, sometimes you'll agonise over a song, and sometimes it'll just drop out of the sky and you'll laugh. And I love that. I love that little anecdote stroke metaphor because I relate to it. And that's how 61 Hugs happened. It just came to me late at night. I was just minding my own business and ideas flopped into my lap. Um, and, then, yeah. and then I went out and did it. And, and, and to this day, it's the most embraced, you know, arguably the most successful thing I've ever done in terms of how it's connected with people and how, it's, how it went set viral and how people just really feel fondness for it. And, you know, it took me to America to the premiere, which I'm eternally grateful for. But that was just a random idea that plopped into my lap. And, I, and it was basically, it's like the heavens open and said, right, this is what you're going to do tomorrow, CK. You're going to leave your house. You're going to ask the first 61, well, you're going to ask the first 61 people you meet if they'd be open to a hug. And you're going to, and you're going to film the whole adventure from start to finish. That, that didn't require any refining. It, the only thing it required was for me to grow a pair of bollocks and do it because I was terrified. Absolutely terrified. Scares us. Pardon? I think we need to do stuff occasionally that scares us rather than just kind of taking each day and not doing anything special with it. Unquestionably. And I still have a lot of I still have a lot of work to do as far as that's concerned. And I say to people all the time, the whole idea of 61 Hugs was like the idea came to me and it seemed perfect. It seemed exquisite. And I knew there was potential for it to be special, but I still had to overcome the, I still had to overcome the self-talk that was telling me that's a horrendous idea. You can't go and ask strangers. They'll just, they'll either ignore you, punch you or spit on you, but either way, you'll not enjoy it. 
So I, I, th- I think that sentence is the perfect place to end it, to be honest. <laughs> you, had a, you rein me in, David. I am. It's like it's been 54 minutes that a podcast is normally half an hour max. Mm. But I hope people enjoyed it. Um, they can see, they can follow you on Instagram by searching for CK Golding and on YouTube. Anywhere else you want them to go and have a little nosy. Uh, the most compact, the, the, the less hassle place to find me is my website because everything we've discussed is there rather than having to faff about searching. So if you visit ckgolding.com and just click on the tab that says watch, literally everything that we've just covered is on there. And it's ckgolding spelled C-K-G-O-L-D-R-N-G. And mate, it's been an absolute joy. It's been great fun. Uh, a bit interesting to see what it's what you say on your podcast on Friday after last week. I, do you know, but we won't go into that. That episode, episode 26, is one of my, that quickly went into my top three. I love that episode. And again, I didn't really know, I, was, I wasn't really in any rush to do that because I didn't know what I was going to talk about, but you just press record and hope for the best. <laughs> so you, you've, you've cut out again. That's what we do every week when we sit down and record these things. Mm. It's like whatever pops into our head. We've got a rough idea, but it's like what else pops into my head? I think, I'm, t- I'm telling people about it. Yes. I mean, that doesn't work for everybody, and I appreciate that. We are all different mortals, but I, I generally find that the spontaneous approach works with me. We didn't have a chance to talk about the bench, but we'll do that another time, dude. Um, we will. Um, we'll save that for another chat. <laughs> another one. Another bit of feedback I enjoyed from Dave. I wasn't sure about it. Then I just... Yeah, if you haven't watched the bench, by the way, go and check it out. See what happens when CK sits on a bench and asks strangers random questions. Late at it's night, not as dodgy as it sounds. Late at night. Late at night. Very late at night, which is why I wanted to do that, because it's different to my usual thing. Um, but yeah, that's at thebenchseries.com. But yeah, what I like about you, Dave, is you don't sugarcoat stuff. You just say it as it is, and I appreciate that, mate. I think, I think I, I'm really fascinated by that. I'm fascinated by the people we surround ourselves with, and I think we can all do with a few less... Yes, men. Does that make sense? It does. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to say yes. <laughs> Dave, was like, Dave was like, I watched the first few episodes of The Bench Seek and I was like, nah, I don't, I'm not convinced. And then I just got into it and I was like, what a guy. <laughs> Most people have just missed that. Most people wouldn't have mentioned the fact you thought the first two not for me. Dog shit. <laughs> But Dave's like, no, I kind of got into it. I got into the groove. Had a boy. Yeah, there we go. On that bombshell, enjoy the rest of your week. <laughs> you're, a very good, you're, you're, you're a very good interview, by the way. Thank you. Uh, I'm now going to see what Kate Ovens has been up to. Because it's right. For those of you that aren't following Kate Ovens on social media, you are missing out. If you love your food, go and give her a follow uh, and listen to CK's podcast. Uh, what's it called again? I write everything down apart from that. Mm. Worry about it later. Uh, where he interviews the lovely Kate. Um, go and listen to that, watch that, and enjoy the rest of your. I was going to say enjoy the rest of your week, but this goes out on a Friday, so enjoy the rest of your Friday afternoon and have a lovely weekend. Thanks, dude. All right, I'll speak to you soon. See you soon. Take care. Bye. Magic Talks